Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will Bowman with The Art of the Interview. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Today on the show, I am going to talk about my top seven interviewing tips for documentary filmmaking. Now, this is a subject that I actually am pretty well versed at. I have spent the last almost 10 years of my life doing documentary interviews um, and just interviews for informational purposes, primarily um, in the format of video. Um, video is kind of like my 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 first love. Um, almost everything that I've done in the time of my career has been video. Um, and uh, I, I love doing video. There's nothing like interviewing for a powerful uh, documentary piece. And um, it just all coming together, multiple interviews all being wove, woven together into some, a single piece of powerful and beautiful media. There's just nothing like that. I, I gotta say, it's it's just, it's wonderful when it works. And it's just, you get tingles on your forearms and it's just it's a great experience uh, so I have a little bit of an affinity for documentary filmmaking I actually uh, have some good news for everybody my recent documentary short documentary film The Witness is now a selection of three of the film festivals that uh, I submitted it to it's three for three it hasn't received any rejections yet um, which is pretty cool I gotta say, it's a pretty pretty cool experience. So, uh, documentary film is kind of like my love, and I'm I'm pretty good at it, and I'm pretty good at interviewing for it. And so, I figured that I would just communicate some of uh, my little tips and tricks that I find um, make for a good documentary uh, documentary video interview. So, um, I'm gonna talk through those one at a time, and um, we'll just start. I'm going to say we're going to start right at the beginning with number one. And that is, this is my first tip for documentary filmmaking, doing interviews for documentary filmmaking. And that is, drum roll please, meet or talk to the subject before the interview. Now, I realize before everyone, before all of you email me or think nasty thoughts about me. I realize this is not always realistic. Um, if you are doing, especially if you're doing more of a run and gun kind of a documentary where you're just showing up in a location and doing interviews, it's not a possibility. If you're doing news interviews, it's not really documentary filmmaking, but I understand there's a lot of people who out there who just don't have the ability to do any sort of substantial contact with the interviewee before you would actually do the interview. That's fine. I understand that. However, if you have the opportunity, I encourage you to do so. Um, it's a great way to start the relationship and start building the container and um, just to develop a little bit of trust before you show up on set. You know, And even if that's just a five-minute call to just talk through the interview and what it's going to look like, um, there's a lot that can go into that. So so that's my first, uh, and, and that can look a lot, a lot of different ways. That can look like, like I said, just a five-minute phone call where you call them up and say, hey, you know, I'm really looking forward to our interview. You know, I just kind of wanted to talk through a few things before, you know, I actually showed up on set. You know, this is what's going to happen. These are some things you can expect. Um, yeah, so just, you know, think about that, you know, and, and, and that it could also look at like a fully-fledged uh, pre-interview where you sit down at a coffee shop and you just have a conversation. 
Um, and it, it, it can be really cool that way. Um, some of my best interviews I've ever done have been after I've had a coffee shop interview with someone, sat down with them either over the phone or just face-to-face and talked with them. Um, it really goes a long way to building that intimacy and that trust. And uh, that's important when you're doing a documentary uh, documentary piece. Okay, so um, meet or talk to the subject before the interview if you can. Number two, be on time to the interview. There is nothing that is quicker. There's nothing worse than showing up late um, to an interview. Um, that is a already a hit to your container and to your trust. Um, and that kind of stuff matters when you're doing an interview. So show up on time, show up five minutes early. And if you are running late, let them know. Don't just show up 15 minutes late, call them, let them know. Um, sometimes that can palliate it. I've had experiences where I've been running late and I just called them and said, Hey, I texted them and said, Hey, I'm, I'm running late. Um, you know, I sincerely apologize. Um, but whatever you do, do not just show up unannounced late to the interview. That is a quick way to break the container, break trust right off the bat. And that is not what you want to be doing. So, all right. So meet or talk to the subject before the interview, be on time. And in sort of a, it's kind of more of like a sub header on that one, um, plan for setup time. If you want the interview to go for an hour, if you want to talk to them for an hour, plan for an hour and a half. If you want to talk to them for an hour and a half, plan for two hours or, you know, two hours and 15 minutes, however long you need to set up for the interview, plan for that time. And again, another little ancillary point, if you're meeting in a neutral location, so for example, maybe you're doing an interview at the library, or but the subject, um, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, obviously the subject doesn't live at the library, show up before your subject, plan for 30 minutes of setup time or 45 minutes of set of time for you to get there with your crew and um, just get comfortable in the space, set things up so that they're not just sitting around and then they show up and you sit them down and you, you know, start building the trust with them and, you know, you go from there. So plan for setup time, whether or not you're going to their location or a neutral location. Um, always do that because there's nothing worse than getting there, showing up and um, having the subject be like, oh, I only have an hour and you're not even set up yet. <laughs> I've had that happen. True story. And uh, it sucks because you can't get everything that you want. Um, you do your best, but it, it, there's nothing worse than having to sit there and pick and choose questions to fit into 30 minutes. It's the worst. All right. So number three, come prepared. And that is not, that is specifically what I'm thinking of is research and questions. If you're interviewing someone about quantum mechanics, unless you are really good at interviewing and unless you, or unless you are Larry King, which you are not because, you know, God rest his soul, he's dead, and you're not Larry King, come prepared, do some research beforehand, you know, just uh, know a little bit about your subject matter, don't show up and talk to someone who, about, don't show up to a, an expert with quantum mechanics and ask him, can you tell me what quantum mechanics is? Do you know how many times he get a, gets asked that question on a day-to-day basis, unless he is, and unless he is just really jazzed about like, you know, talking about just what is quantum physics, which I'm guessing he's probably not. He doesn't want to talk about that. He wants to talk about more nuanced stuff. I mean, obviously he wants to explore quantum mechanics, but he doesn't just want to answer the same question. The answer is day in and day out for you. 
right? He wants to just like, he wants to talk about more relevant things, you know, like what kind of an effect does quantum mechanics have on our everyday lives? You know, what things do we take for granted in our day-to-day life that quantum mechanics blows out of the water? You know, these are the kinds of things that he wants to talk about, not what is quantum mechanics? You can Wikipedia that. Don't, you don't need to watch a documentary about what is quantum mechanics. And if, you know, if you want to ask about you like you can do that research do make an infographic about that don't ask him talk about something more relevant with him do your research know the subject a little bit more and be then be curious you know talk about something that's a little bit more specific um about quantum mechanics um so that you're not just asking the same questions that everybody else is asking um because then why is your documentary any different it's not Okay, so come prepared, research questions, important things. Okay, number four, if you can, I'm sorry, this is number five, number five, if you can, hire a camera op. Now, I know, again, not always realistic. Sometimes you're running camera and you're doing sound and you're doing the interview and you're doing everything. You're just the one man show. I get it. I've been a one man show for years. And let me tell you, there is nothing better than the times that I have a camera operator because I can be fully present and fully engaged with the person who I'm interviewing. There's nothing worse, nothing worse. I know I said nothing worse earlier, but I genuinely mean it this time. There's nothing worse than being engaged in the interview, having a good time, you know, watching someone, you know, talk about something that's really passionate for, uh, that they're really passionate about, and then looking over and seeing that for the last three minutes your camera hasn't been recording because your camera has this stupid feature that only allows you to record for 25 minutes and it stopped three minutes ago and the only thing you have is audio for that section. Or worse, you don't even have audio for that section. Again, true story. Had that happen. It's the worst. It sucks. If you can, hire a camera operator. Let them take care of all those things, and you can be fully present in the interview, just doing what you do and being present. All right? So that's it. So number five, if you can, hire a camera op. Number six, shoot in 4K or with two cameras. Now, I am going against the advice um, of one of my mentor filmmakers, Werner Herzog, where he says just shoot with one camera. And while I respect the impulse, the reason he suggests that is he he wants you to he doesn't think you should be lazy and be like oh I want to cut in here or I want to cut in there you know I want to he says choose you know choose beforehand are you going to cut in or are you not going to cut in you going to be close you going to be wide you know like make that decision beforehand, don't leave it to post-production to make that decision. And I respect that. I respect that because it it, it kind of lines up with something that, that I, that it lines up with, you know, something that I really feel passionate about. And that it, and that is that, you know, there's no excuse to fix it in post. Do it right on set and then you won't have to fix it in post because if you're fixing it in post, you're always doing reparative things. You're never doing generative things, right? You can only, you. it's, yeah. Anyways, you get my point. I agree with that sentiment. However, in documentary filmmaking, I will say that I have found it is nice to shoot in 4K or um, with two cameras. Why? Because there are certain times when you want to cut out content in the middle of a soundbite. So, for example, 
you have a five minute section and you think that the really good parts of that are like right at the beginning or right at the end, right? And you st- you want to say on them, you don't want to cut to B-roll. Having two cameras or having 4K allows you to cut out that section in the middle without it being a jump cut, right? So you go from a wide to a close and you can cut out that middle section um, and instead of it... Um, you know, looking like, you know, it just jumps from a wide to a wide. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that can be accomplished, like I said, with 4k these days or with, um, two cameras. Personally, I prefer two cameras, one wide, one that's close off to the side, right? I prefer that. Um, that said, I don't always have four cameras, so I use a 4k, um, whenever I'm doing a one camera interview, I use 4k for that purpose. Still, I agree with the with the precedent that Werner Herzog sets, think about things beforehand. Don't make those decisions in post. Are you going to be wide? Are you going to be close? I'm only talking about in the context of cutting so that you don't have a jump cut. That's the only reason I'm saying, but that's important. Um, I will say that. All right. So that's number six. Number seven is plan a little longer than you think for the interview. I cannot tell you how many times I have had to cut an interview short because I didn't leave myself enough time. If you think you're only going to need 30 minutes, plan for 45. If you think you're only going to need 45, plan for an hour. If you think you're only going to need an hour, plan for an hour and a half. If the interviewee is willing, which generally they are. You know, they say, okay, how long it's going to take? Probably 90 minutes, hour 45, one hour, whatever. Give yourself a little wiggle room so that when you're coming up on that time, you're not stressed trying to get through things. You have the leeway to relax and really do justice to subjects because it's going to come back later on um, and give you some really solid interviewing uh, interview snippets to work with. All right. That is my seven tips for seven, seven, seven tips for seven interviewing tips (laughs) for documentary filmmaking seven interviewing tips for documentary filmmaking say that seven times fast it's a tongue twister all right and those are one meet or talk to the subject before the interview two be on time for the interview three plan for setup time four come prepared five if you can hire a camera up six shoot in 4k with two cameras or seven plan a little longer than you think All right, guys, this is the art of the interview. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it along and subscribe. We do this all the time, quite a bit. And um, if you want more tips and tricks about interviewing um, for a variety of different, you know, mediums, documentary filmmaking, podcasts, whatever, subscribe to the podcast. I think you'll really find it that it's valuable. And tune into the next episode of The Art of the Interview.